I'm Jared Coffin, and I'd like to become a project manager. You are listening to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast, Episode 31. Today's topic, Motivating Your Project Team with Suzanne Madsen. Welcome to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast at SensiblePM.com, where you get an insider's edge on practical project management. Now, here is your host, Mark Phillip. Welcome to the Sensible Project Manager Podcast. My name is Mark Phillippe, and I am the Sensible Project Manager. This is the podcast that helps new and aspiring project managers, as well as seasoned PMs, take a practical approach to project management. Now, you have found the Aspiring Project Manager Mentoring Series, where I am in the middle of helping Jared Coffin with his goal to become a project manager. Now, we started this series in episode 24, so if you are just found this, I encourage you to go to either episode 24, or you can go see the whole series at sensiblepm.com slash aspiring. Now, last week, I brought you the first half of a discussion that Jared and I had with Suzanne Madsen. In that session, we learned about building trust with our team and stakeholders. That's so important. Now, today, we're going to have the second half of that discussion we had with Suzanne because she spent so much time with us. And in today's topic, we're going to be building off of that trust and learning how to motivate our project team. Once again, you'll notice that in this session, Suzanne is really bringing it home for us. She's bringing to us her knowledge as a project management coach and author of two different books the Project Management Coaching Workbook, and the Power of Project Leadership. All right, let's get to this session. Now, Suzanne, so we've talked about trust, gaining trust in the the team. How does or does it relate to the motivation of a team as you gain that trust in the team or that the team gains trust in you? How does that translate and additional things that are required to help motivate that team? Yeah, I think the common thread here is uh, human behavior, you know, it, and, and that logic doesn't cut it. Logic doesn't cut it when we're talking trust. Logic doesn't cut it when we're talking uh, motivation because we are not, we are just not logical and rational because we're people. We are human. And um, it's so interesting. I don't know, Jared, if you've watched Dan, Daniel Pink's video drive, it's, uh, it's an animation. You can Google it. It's called The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us. It's, it's a 10-minute uh, video based on his book called Drive. And he's, you know, it's, it's interesting because we are just not, we are just not logical and rational. And so he references these theories that, uh, you know, human behaviorists initially, you know, they were saying, well, uh, e- economic theories will tell us that if you give people more money, they'll perform better. That's what we've been told. You know, if you want people to be innovative, give them an innovation bonus, as he talks about. But they made lots of studies and it just, it showed the opposite that if you gave people more money, sometimes if you gave a team more money, Sometimes their performance would be poorer. And he said it was really abnormal behavior. So they replicated it over and over again, and they realized that it was not abnormal behavior. It was actually normal behavior because when money enters the equation, we do something for the money. We don't do it because we are intrinsically motivated to do it. So I'll give you an example. When I wrote my first book, it really happened because I wanted the project managers I was coaching to have a framework to work within. They could do a gap analysis. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Where do I want to go as a project manager? What am I good at? Where do I need to develop? It, it was like, um, I know you've been doing a development plan. So 
So I was very, I was intrinsically motivated to doing it because I felt there was a need for it. And it didn't start off with a book. It started off with notes and, and, and guide, guidelines for my coaches. And then at some point it became a book and there was a publisher who wanted to publish it. And, and I was, of course, very happy. My second book. So, so the first one, I was intrinsically motivated. Uh, I had a need to, to make a difference. There was a purpose, all of that. We'll talk about that in a minute. The second book. A publisher contacted me uh, and asked me if I wanted to write The Power of Project Leadership. Oh, well, the, the title was known at the time, but if I wanted to write a leadership book for project managers. And, you know, it's very flattering. Most people, you know, think, oh, it's great that a publisher, you know, contacts you and they give you an advance and all the rest of it. But, but after we'd signed the contract, something happened with me. My motivation dropped and I thought, hold on, what's going on? And it's because it was on their schedule. They told me how many words I needed to write. I needed to justify to them why this book was a good idea. I needed to do the whole outline. I mean, there was so much thinking work involved. It wasn't, it was, the heart was not involved at that, at that, at that level. And, and I really, there was like several weeks I really had to struggle to find my own, my own motivation for writing this book because otherwise it just felt like a job. And that's because it came from outside of myself. It was an intrinsic, motiv- uh, extrinsic motivator rather than an intrinsic motivator. So that leads me on to what is it then that really motivates us? Because true motivational factors are intrinsically motivating. So when we talk about how we can motivate someone else, it's a little bit um, misleading. We can't actually motivate someone else because we are intrinsically motivated, but we can help someone to uncover and, and, and to help build on people's existing intrinsic motivators, if, if that makes sense, in a team. And, and, and what are they? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention a couple of, um, concepts here, words, and we can talk about what they are and what, what they mean. There's different words for some of them. So the first one is certainty. We're all motivated by certainty, which really means that we need to know, say, we need to know that we are safe. We need to know that we can earn money. We need to know, in a project context, what's expected of us, what our role is, how long we'll be on the project, what will happen to us after the project, etc., etc. It's all certainty-driven. We want answers. We want we want clarity. Let's go through them, and then afterwards we can talk about how how we um, can help people fulfill all of these. The second one is variety. As much as we want certainty. Uh, and I'm sure I could tell you, Jared, that uh, where you're going to be in a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, if I had a crystal ball. And uh, I could tell you exactly uh, the kind of project management job you'd get, and I could tell you exactly how much you would earn, etc. And initially you might think, oh, that would be quite nice, but if I would could really give you 100% certainty, you'd be bored. It wouldn't be very exciting to get there because you'd already know what it would look like. So we all have an intrinsic need for variety, for change, actually, for for something that's different. And I think in a team context, again, rotating people or uh, making sure that although we have superstars, that they don't do the same thing for too long. You know, that's something we, that needs to be looked at. The third need, intrinsic need, is significance. We all have a need to stand out, to be noticed, to be special, to be praised. It's really an individual factor here, and, and I, I think of it as a little bit of an of an ego ego driver, where if if you want people to feel significant, you can. I mean, one of the quickest ways to do that is to praise them, because we don't always have the power to promote people or give them a pay rise or whatever it is. 
But again, there's an opposing need here to significance, which is connection, because as much as we want to stand out and be noticed for our individual um, accomplishments, especially as a leader of the team, we also need to be part of the group. And we have an intrinsic need to be part of a, a tribe. So whether it be a, a group or a, a tribe, a team at work, a nation, a football team, a, you know, special interest group or whatever it is, we form tribes. That's what we do as human beings. This comes back to also creating a team feeling within the team, you know, bonding, planning collaboratively, all sorts of things that, that can bind the team together. This is really also a need about feeling that we belong, that we belong to something, that we belong to a group, a very, very strong motivator. And the last two uh, that I'm going to mention are really important because the ones I've mentioned so far, certainty, especially certainty, significance, connection, most of us are driven by those. Actually, this, this theory will say that we will only be truly fulfilled if we get the last two needs up there as well, and that's growth and contribution. When we feel that we grow, develop, learn something new, get better at something, progress in life, whether it's yeah, work or life or you know, outside work or at work, that's very motivating. And we know that because sometimes people take a job that pays very little. They have to commute very far. They have to be away from their family. But they're growing. They're learning something new and it takes them somewhere. That's very powerful also in a team. You know, we, we can use this in many ways. And the last one, contribution. Contribution means that we all have an, a need, whether we are aware of it or not, to contribute to something bigger than ourselves, to a bigger vision, something that's beyond us. This is really why people volunteer for the Olympics and take out, you know, sometimes they don't get paid for it and they ha even have to pay for their own accommodation because they're part of legacy. And, and in a team context, it's very rare that we use that to motivate people. But why not? Why can't we stand up there as project managers and say, you know what? This project is important because we're going to help end users do something different in life. If you're creating websites, you are actually going to make a difference to those users who can now purchase products through that website or whatever it is. And and I don't find that we use that very much as, as a motivator. So these are the six human needs that some human behaviorists talk about. In addition, if you look at Dan Pink's book, Drive, that I referenced before and, and his video, he has some different words for it. He will talk about purpose, but for sure growth and contribution are about purpose. He'll talk about mastery, our need to get better at things. And I think that that also ties in with some of the elements we talked about. And then he talks about autonomy in addition. You know, we all have a, we all get motivated by autonomy and by um, not being supervised all the time and, and being uh, micromanaged. So, so they're just some of the um, motivation factors that definitely can help us connect with a team. But over, over to you, what, what do you think of these? And of course, we can go into more depth about how to do it. So all of those, first of all, Suzanne, wow, you're bringing it today. This is, this is great stuff. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about Jared as much, but I am gaining a lot from this. So thank you very much. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, it's great information. Do, does any of, do any of those items, items that she talked about, she talked about the six, the first six and then the additional three that Dan Pink points out, do any of those ring home with you? Well, as she was going through each of the listings, I always, you know, my thoughts always paralleled uh, with my experience. And 
some of the, the experiences where I, I wish, you know, I wish I had a little bit more of that, um, especially growth and contribution. Those are very strong to me. You, you speak of uh, volunteering work as, as part of contribution. And, you know, although the pay is not there, there's some things that I would really love to volunteer. I guess this, it's changed for me right now because, or doing something new as being a project manager. If I have a interview of being a web developer, you know, in the future, let's say, I can answer the questions, but the element of excitement probably won't be there as much as I, as if I interviewed as a project manager, because I'm thinking about all the things and, um, it's a new role. There, there's excitement with that. Growth is all part of it. You, one wants to not just move up, but, uh, increase their skills and leadership. And, uh, that's, that's a big part of what I'm trying to do. So I would say those same feelings you're having and you're relating this to the fact that you want to become a project manager, those same things that motive is motivating you to become a project manager are the same type of things that motivate us in life in general, right? These, these six to nine things that we're talking about that also helps motivate a team when we think about accomplishing a task or accomplishing a project. If they can get that motivation point, those motivation points, then they're going to be motivated to get the work done and they're going to be all in on the project. And then you win. I was, uh, yeah, and I was thinking about the uh, change within the project team, even though, yes, you do have your, you have your superstars, but I could think, think of a few examples going back where, you know, change, change is good or doing something new is, is good. You feel like you're expanding your knowledge into a different field. Uh, so I, I, I guess in a team, you want the people who are best at what they do to, to keep doing that. But I guess on the same, at the same time, you want to check in and from time to time and see if they're being motivated by those things that they're doing. I mean, I, I think oft times people say, well, you know, I, I want to transfer or do, you know, work in this facet, in this other facet or, you know, change positions. Um, so I, I think that, I think people do get bored, especially years on end doing the same thing. That goes to the variety that she was talking about. Suzanne, let's see if we can wrap up the thoughts about how we can apply those things that motivate us to a project a project team right so let's see what we can do with these uh these uh how you know more of the how as you're saying and, and chip in right because um I, I may have some ideas but um I, th- I think we should we should all chip in so basically let's start with the first one certainty if we know that people on our teams crave certainty which which we do because if there's too much uncertainty we get fearful and and that's really where resistance to change comes from. When people resist change, it's, it's because they feel that things are moving too fast. They don't have clarity. So in a team context, again, clear expectations, clear roles and responsibilities is one of those ways we can give people more certainty. Let's just face it. Nothing is 100% certain, right? But we can make sure that we tell people, you know, this is why you're on the project. This is why it's important. This is what I'm expecting of you. This is what good looks like. For instance, when we delegate, 
when we delegate, we can go in and say, this is what, this is how I will judge what good looks like. Sometimes we delegate in a way that um, doesn't leave any autonomy for the person because we tell them too much about how we want it done. How we don't have to mention how we want it done is irrelevant as long as, as we get what we need, right? So if you want a, a web page designed uh, by someone else, what you're saying to them is, this is how I'm going to judge whether that web page is, is well done. Whatever your criteria are, these are my success criteria. How you do it is up to you. Where you do it is up to you. But this is what good what a good outcome looks like. I think that's part of giving people certainty. We know we know what's expected of us. And and as I said, uh, clear roles and responsibilities. If you want to chip in with other views on uncertainty, there's tons of ways in which we can create certainty on a team. I think we can keep going. Okay, cool. So variety. Variety is probably pretty easy to have a look at. Variety um, is making sure that our, that we don't keep people doing the same thing over and over again. Job rotation. Why not rotate, rotate people into different teams as well, where maybe it's the same function, but it's in a different uh, business area or a, a different type of, of business team. But variety is also about taking a developer and maybe getting them to do some business analysis work or helping out or doing a pet project and it doesn't take much to give people variety, actually. It can be a, a little extra assignment that we ask people to do. I mean, these days, more and more teams work in an agile fashion where we have self-managing teams. You could also get someone more variety by having them help out with the management, with the project management aspects or managing a certain work stream or giving them more autonomy on, on how to interface with a client. I think um, there's many, many ways in which we can give people variety. Different people we'll have different thresholds here. Some people will love a lot of variety and, and less certainty and vice versa. And Jared, you don't have to guess all of this with a person. You can kind of ask them. You can kind of gauge this from them. You know, what, what, what really, what do they love about where they already are? And what, what don't they like so much? What would they like more of? What would they like less of? That already will give you a very good insight into what, what motivates them and what, um, what the setup is, is for them. And um, sometimes if you work with drama queens, they have to, they create a fuss, you know, out of everything. It could actually be because they're bored. It could be because they don't get enough variety in their work, which which I think is is, is thought provoking. Significance. How can we make people feel significant? Well, I think I said before we can praise people. I think the American culture is much better at, at praising than than the European culture or the Asian culture. What I think is important when we do praise, we have to make it specific. What is it? What is the, the behavior that you're praising? What was it that they did well? And of course, it must be honest and heartfelt. And don't overuse it because then it loses its, its, its power. It, it must be at moments where you really feel it and they've done something outstanding. You can also make people feel significant by giving them a special assignment, by trusting them, by giving them a, a you know, giving them something where that's a little bit at the edge of their comfort zone, maybe, but it shows that you, you value them and, and that means that they feel significant enough. Connection. How can you, how can you connect with people? How can you make sure that people feel that they belong in the team? I think all types of interaction will help here. One on one interactions. Sometimes we say as a project manager, I'm not having one on one conversations with my team because they don't report to me. Why can't you have one on one conversations with your team? to talk about how you would like to communicate with each other, to talk about, as we said before, what do you want more of, what do you want less of in your job, how, how do you feel, how do you feel on the team? 
Um, I think that's very important to have one-on-ones. Just grab a coffee with someone for 20 minutes every two weeks or something like that. That's what we're talking about. Also make sure that the team comes together and that you create a sense of um, belonging in the team. Who are we as a team? What do we do as a team together? How do we define us? You know, to have some activities that actually build the team also outside of work maybe can, can be important. In my previous job, I worked with a remote, heavily remote team. I had uh, three teams in India, team in the US, team in Belfast, and then there was a team in London. It was very difficult to really, how do you make people feel belonging to a team? You know, with remote teams, I think it's, it's a different ball game. So what I did, of course, I think the, the, the uh, not to mention the obvious, to have, to have small talk, to have conversations on the conference calls is important. What's going on for people? And, and be on video conference if you can. But what I did was I asked everybody, and there was about 30 people, to send a photo of themselves with a little uh, paragraph about themselves. What were they doing outside of work, not at work? So I put together a PowerPoint presentation with all of these people in a little photo. And yes, I needed to um, ask several times to get a photo, but I was persistent, and, and at the end, everybody contributed. So they got... I. I um, I wrote a little, there was a little paragraph about what people love to do. And it turned out we had two skydivers. We had uh, several people who crossed the Atlantic Ocean on a boat. We had uh, one person who could play 29 instruments. But as he said, not at one time. (laughs) And it created such a talking point. And I could even give my business customer, my clients, this presentation so that they understood who all these people on the team were and why we needed all these people. So... Actually, it's a very simple way, and I, and I think definitely it, it, it helped to build the team and to create connections um, across time zones, and it, it was quite easy to do. Now, growth and contribution, the last two uh, human needs uh, on, under this model anyway. Growth. Give people stretch assignments. There is, uh, it's very, very um, motivating to work at the edge of our comfort zone. So um, when you delegate, you can delegate something where you know, there's a little stretch for people, making sure that they um, get to work with different clients. Uh, again, it, it sometimes fits in with, with giving people variety, can also give give us growth. But again, ask people, ask people, what, what do you really love to do? What would you love to do this year? What would make you feel that you're growing? Although these team members may not report to you as a project manager, there is nothing stopping you from having these conversations. I think what you'll find is that it will create a much more motivated team, if they feel that you care about them, you're interested in their growth, you're interested in in seeing them thrive. And contribution. I think the best way that we can help our team to feel that they're contributing is to point out why this project is important. Talk about the bigger the bigger picture. What are we gonna how can we how is this website gonna help us change the world? It may not always be obvious, but um there is a way because there is a reason for every single project. I used to work in finance, and to so many people, finance became a, a almost like a dirty word. And, and it, you know, people have stopped saying they work in finance because it's uh, it's not very honourable. But but this a, why not reframe it? Uh, if we didn't have finance, we, we wouldn't have people lending or borrowing money. We wouldn't have all these small businesses doing lots of interesting stuff. We wouldn't have uh, Uber raising lots of capital to do lots of interesting stuff and, and, and create disruptive technologies and services out there. So there is, there is, there's many reasons why we have finance and why people working on, uh, in finance projects um, add value. 
So I think that's that's what we need to get better at as project, manager, uh, project managers, showing people why the project really matters. And that means you will show people how their individual contributions matter on the project. And then the last three that I talked about from Daniel Pink, we have uh, autonomy. How can you give people some autonomy? I think, as we, as we said, by delegating, showing them what you expect, but not how you expect them to do it, leave them that autonomy to work it out for themselves is, is a sim simple, it sounds simple, I know it may be a little bit more challenging in practice, but for sure, don't micromanage people. This is also where trust comes in again. Give people the benefit of the doubt initially. You know, yes, make sure that you understand what your expectations are, um, so they don't go off on, on just any tangent. Also check in with people. When you delegate, say to people, okay, how are we going to check in with each other? Shall we talk to each other every other day? Do you want me to drop by your desk every morning? Or how are we going to do it? Because if you agree up front, how are you going to check in with each other? You have already set the expectations and that person doesn't feel that they're being micromanaged because they've been part of agreeing how you check in with each other. Mastery was one of those motivating factors that Daniel Pink talks, talks about. Mastery is really about enabling people to get better at things, to work in depth with something. And I think this is about enabling people to become subject matter experts and to play, be playful and really indulge sometimes in a task and to also explore and, and, and play with new technologies. I think that also goes with growth. If we enable people to experiment sometimes and to, to really go off on a tangent, because if we don't allow people to do that, we won't be able to innovate. We, we need to allow people, give people some freedom to, um, to really master what they're working with and, and, and that sometimes will add both to growth and, and, and autonomy at the same time. Which leads us to purpose, the last the last one. I think purpose is closely linked to contribution. Feeling that our contributions matter will give us a sense of purpose. I also think that when we connect with people in a team and we feel that we belong, that may also give us a little bit of a, a sense of purpose that actually we hear and, and I matter I matter for the team and, and I have a role to play. So um, that was a very quick rundown. I hope that you felt that more of the hows were, were coming out there. That was wonderful. I, I want to take and wrap up the last couple of – actually, it's kind of combined with all of it, uh, but specifically the, the contribution and the purpose. One of the things that I am a firm believer in is that sometimes the team as a, as a whole needs to be able to understand what motivates – the specific project that you're on. So I think it's really important for a project manager to identify the vision of the project and help the team understand that vision. And if you can do that, then you can, you'll be much more successful in a project. There's a quote that I love by, and I can't say this guy's name very well because it's French. It's Antoine de Saint-Experier. He said, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up men to gather wood, divide the work, and give orders. Instead, teach them to yearn for the vast and endless sea. And to me, that helps towards that team motivation. If you can help them understand the value that you're delivering in this project, then they can get behind it and, and they'll be motivated to, to bring it home and really, and really make it, make it work. Well, I, I, I loved all these, uh, 
all these points. They're they're really good points, and I guess with some project managers, I guess would it they're always good reminders, always good things to review. I have uh, ten different points uh, listed down here. Yeah, I um, saw you. I saw you writing feverishly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get the uh, get those out and and where I could just always refer to them. They're great. They're they're very uh, contribution. Yes, and uh, big picture is the note I put on there, and I you know I'll second that in uh, having the. Yes, having the team yearning for the purpose of the project or the whole project. Um, that's, that's the best motivator and not telling somebody how to do what they do. Um, that's on the micromanagement. Well, Suzanne, um, thank you so much for the time. I, you really brought it home. This is good stuff. Jared, the things that we're talking about again is, has not been the, mechanics of things this is really about working with people and this goes back to what Susanna was talking about before much of project management or what makes us successful as project managers is if we can get past the part of although you need it the 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 technical and the mechanical pieces of project management which you have to have you have to get past that and you have to get to the point where you're you're understanding how to work with people Otherwise, you're going to do what Suzanne experienced, driving yourself in the ground. And you're also not really managing the team or, or leading the team. You're just trying to do a whole bunch of busy work. So these concepts that we talk about that are non-technical are really important to really focus in on. And, and we do this every day in our lives, but they're also skills that we need to work towards improving and building and understanding. Suzanne, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Before we leave, is there any way that you can share with us how people that are listening to the podcast might connect with you? Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. I, I enjoyed it. Jared, good luck. I will be following you. And uh, how can people connect? Well, I'm on Twitter under at Suzanne Matson, and it's spelled S-U-S-A-N-N-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. That's the same as my website address, SuzanneMatson.com. You know, if people enjoyed this, then they will enjoy my latest book, which is uh, purely about the leadership aspect of, uh, of, project, of project management. I have these motivational factors in there. I have different types of personality styles. It's a simplification of the MBTI, uh, Myers-Briggs that you talked about before. Lots about how to build trust, how to, uh, how to lead stakeholders, um, how to innovate. Lots, lots of stuff that are actually very important, uh, to project management. And that book, of course, is called The Power of Project Leadership. Um, how else can they connect on LinkedIn? I, um, yeah, would love to have people connect with me on LinkedIn. What have I forgotten? <laughs> Remind me. <laughs> Twitter? You have a Twitter handle? Yeah, at Suzanne Matson. At Suzanne, okay. Great. Well, again, thank you for taking your time, especially in late notice. What a a treat to be able to have you join us. I've I've been following you. And I don't know, how many times have you been on Cornelius's podcast? Quite a few. (laughs) It seems like uh, not every week, but uh, very often I hear you. Pop it on yeah, his podcast. very often. But I was actually doing a recording with him two days ago because um, the PM Bok is now putting more emphasis on coaching and mentoring and training and uh, actually about motivation as well. So we were doing that for his prep cast. 
Well, <laughs> thank you both of you. Have a great day. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, Suzanne. Good luck, Jared. Well, there you have it. I hope you've gotten as much out of that and the previous session as I did. These last two sessions have been gold. I truly believe to be successful as a project manager, you must be able to build trust with your team and other stakeholders, and you have to be able to motivate your team. Without that trust and team motivation, you'll struggle to deliver the value that the project contains and your chances of failure skyrockets. Now, don't forget, I have taken notes for you, and you can find those notes at sensiblepm.com slash 31. Suzanne, thank you so much again for taking the time to share with us these two key project management principles and in helping Jared become a project manager. I want to remind everybody, still I'm working on that free course, that free project management course. Remember, if you're an aspiring project manager, you want to learn more about project management or just getting started on this and you just want to find out about the principles, I'm putting together a, a, a key course that will help you with that. And it's going to be a free course about project management. And uh, you can sign up for that. As I get done, uh, I'll let you know when that is available. So you can go to sensiblepm.com slash 31 and sign up for that course. Now, if you've enjoyed this series and or this pot, this whole podcast, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you showing up every week. And if you do me a couple of favors, I'd really appreciate it. To spread the word, it really helps if you could just personally share this podcast with any of your friends that you have, as well as really does help if you can go to iTunes and leave me an honest review. All you have to do is search for Sensible Project Manager Podcast on iTunes. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe and leave me an honest review. That really does help to spread the word. Now, I want you to know that I really appreciate you showing up each week and for the feedback that I get about this podcast. I really hope it does help you to either become a better project manager or learn about project management in general. Now, remember, a project manager always looks for a practical way to lead a project to success. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Sensible Project Manager, Mark Philippi, on the Sensible Project Manager podcast. To learn more about practical project management, visit us at sensiblepm.com.